Hey, my friend, welcome along to the Nutrition Nuggets podcast, helping you get clarity on nutrition. I'm your host, Dale Pinnock, Sunday Times bestselling author, nutritionist, and creator of the Culinary Medicine College. Every episode here in the podcast, we dig deep on the subject of nutrition to give you clarity, to give you answers, and to expand your knowledge. One of the biggest drivers of degenerative disease is chronic inflammation, and our diet can have a huge impact on this. So what is inflammation? Well, there's two types of inflammation. There's a type that kills, and there's a type that heals. So let's look at both, and let's start with inflammation that heals. This is the kind of inflammation that arises when we get an infection or we get an injury. So when tissue becomes damaged, whether that's from infection by a pathogen or tissue damage where you, when you've whacked your thumb with a mallet, when that tissue is damaged, it sends out an alarm signal. It sends out proteins called cytokines that cause a few things to happen in the local environment. Firstly, they cause the blood vessels that actually supply the tissue that's damaged to widen. As those vessels widen, that increases blood flow to the area, but also it makes the walls of the blood vessel porous. This is so white blood cells from the immune system can actually get to the area of damage and squeeze through the blood vessel walls and go straight to the damaged tissue where they can actually help with repair or help to tackle any pathogens that are present. But also when you get those perforations in the blood vessel wall, it causes plasma to actually leach out in the local area and you get an accumulation of the fluid. So if you think about it, when you cut your finger and it stops bleeding, you'll notice that it goes red and swollen and it's hot. So the redness in the heat comes from the increased blood flow and the swelling comes from the plasma starting to pull in that area. That basically just shows you that the vessels have dilated and the immune system is on its way to do its job because the other thing that cytokines do is almost like beckon the white blood cells. They're kind of alerting the white blood cells that there's tissue damage or that there's an infection and they need to come along and actually deal with the situation. So that's acute inflammation. That's the inflammation that saves our life. And we don't want to suppress that. And to be fair, there's not really anything you could do with your diet that would suppress it. The one that we're going to focus on here is chronic inflammation. This is chronic, low-grade or subclinical inflammation. This basically means that your thumb doesn't suddenly swell up. You wouldn't necessarily be aware that there's anything going on. It's a silent killer that's there in the background. The only time people become aware that they've got a problem with inflammation is, one, all of a sudden they have a heart attack and drop down dead, or they have a routine blood test at their doctor and they show that they've got elevated C-reactive protein or CRP or an elevated erythrocyte sedimentation rate or ESR. Two of the standard markers of increased inflammatory load in the body. So why does this matter? Why is chronic inflammation such a problem? Well, as I said right at the start of the video, it can be a real key driver of degenerative disease. Firstly, cardiovascular disease is an inflammatory condition. Before cholesterol gets involved, before any of the fatty streaks and plaques and atheromas actually start to form in our blood vessels, the first thing that happens is the endothelium, which is the skin that lines the inside of blood vessels, gets damaged by inflammation. 
This could be inflammation that arises from the oxidation of cholesterol. It could be inflammation that arises from cigarette smoking or excess alcohol. It could be inflammation that arises from insulin spikes or even physical trauma. But it's an inflammatory event that damages the endothelium in the first place. And everything else that happens after that, you know, with cholesterol being deposited in the blood vessel walls and all of that kind of stuff is downstream from inflammation. So it's a key driver of cardiovascular disease. Secondly, inflammation is involved in worsening insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. This is because as tissues get that increased inflammatory load, that can actually start to distort the tissues a little bit, particularly some of the cell surface structures, such as an insulin receptor. The insulin receptor, the thing that actually detects the signal that insulin is sending, if there's any damage to that, that reduces its sensitivity. Any reduction in insulin sensitivity causes that cascade of events that leads to type 2 diabetes, poorly managed blood glucose, and everything else that I've covered elsewhere on this channel. But now the major thing. This next statement, this isn't me being in any way hyperbolic. This isn't any kind of extreme statement. You will find this in any A-level or undergraduate pathology textbook. This is basic pathology 101. Prolonged inflammation in tissues can, over time, affect genes, particularly genes that are involved in regulating cellular replication, i.e. cell division. What am I saying here? Prolonged, chronic, subclinical inflammation can be an instigator and driver of cancer. If you think about many of the common carcinogens, cigarette smoke, excess alcohol, those kinds of things, they have that carcinogenic effect because they're damaging tissues. They're causing that inflammatory damage to tissues, which in time affects those genes, which then affects cellular replication and lo and behold, tumours form. So keeping this inflammation under control is vitally important. And there's two aspects of our diet that can have a massive impact on this. The first is blood glucose management. I know I'm talking about this all the time, but it's so important. Blood glucose management, a diet that's high in fast-release carbohydrates, white bread, white rice, sugar, sugary drinks, sugary snacks, those kinds of things, will push blood blood glucose up and up and up and up and up. And if this happens over long periods of time and we're getting consistent insulin spikes, that will drive inflammation. That can exacerbate current inflammatory load, worsen the inflammatory picture. But the biggest one, the big kahuna when it comes to really managing inflammation is the kind of fats that we're consuming. Different fats contain different fatty acids and fatty acids influence inflammation. Now, you may have heard of omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. These are essential fatty acids. We need them in our diet. We need to get them from our diet. We can't synthesize them in our body. They're essential. They're essential to our health. But we need dramatically differing amounts of each one, okay? So omega-6, we find this in things like sunflower oil, vegetable oil, corn oil, margarines, those kind of things. We do need it only in very tiny amounts. That tiny amount that we actually need regulates important neurological functions. It regulates important hormonal functions. So we do need it. But any excess, that, that pathway that actually turns it into those beneficial substances that we need is very rapidly saturated 
when it's saturated, any additional omega-6 that comes in, once that metabolic pathway is saturated, will get sent down a different metabolic pathway. And I, I, I probably need to backtrack a little bit. I've got, here, I've got a little ahead of myself. With the essential fatty acids, one of the main metabolic byproducts of essential fatty acids are a group of compounds called prostaglandins. Prostaglandins are communication compounds, and their main job is to regulate the inflammatory response. There's three types of prostaglandin, series one, series two, and series three. Series one, mildly anti-inflammatory. Series two is aggressively pro-inflammatory. So it switches inflammation on and exacerbates current inflammation. And the series three prostaglandins are aggressively anti-inflammatory. So really pushes down and dampens down inflammation. Now, back to the omega-6. Any excess amount of omega-6 beyond that small amount that we need gets fed down the metabolic pathway that creates the series two prostaglandins. That's the type of prostaglandin that is to inflammation what petrol is to a bonfire that really drives and pushes inflammation and actually worsens it, exacerbates it. And then we've got the omega-3 fatty acids, particularly the long-chain omega-3 fatty acids, EPA and DHA, that we find in things like oily fish. Those are actually converted into, so DHA converts into the mildly anti-inflammatory series 1 prostaglandin. EPA gets converted into the aggressively anti-inflammatory series 3 prostaglandin. So what am I saying? I'm saying decrease your intake of omega-6 and increase your intake of omega-3 to ensure that you're producing more of the anti-inflammatory prostaglandins. How do you do this? Cut out the sources of omega-6. Sunflower oil, vegetable oil, corn oil, margarine. Never use them again. Put them in the bin. For your cooking, just use a little bit of olive oil. Go to my channel. You'll see the video that I did about olive oil there. And increase your intake of long-chain omega-3 fatty acids. Oily fish, mackerel, salmon, herrings, grass-fed meats, if you're plant-based, go for a supplement that's made from algae that contains both EPA and DHA. This simple step will have the biggest impact on reducing chronic inflammation in the long term. Doing that will be one of the most protective things that you can do to reduce your risk of degenerative disease.